Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This episode is sponsored by Karen Hallian. Karen Hallian is an incredible illustrator who creates beautiful fandom art. If you enjoy the types of fandoms that we talk about on this podcast, you're really going to like Karen's work. You can buy prints, stickers, and other products at karenhallian.com. And you can also check out her Patreon and join the 1,000 other people who support her art at patreon.com slash karenhallian. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Today, and I'm here with Andrea DeMonacos from White Squirrel. Hello, hello. Hi. We, uh, I think the first email I sent asking you to do this with me was like legit two years ago. So finally, finally, we're here. I'm so yeah. excited. Well, we have lots of friends in common, so it totally makes sense that we've been circling around each other for a while. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen you at Jen Bartell's booth at Comic-Cons a lot, sure. um, hanging out there, which, because I, like, frequent her booth <laughs> every single yeah. convention that she's at. Um, yeah, so we've, like, we've we've been around each other a lot, but <laughs> are on opposite coasts, which for some reason isn't that crazy, but it just makes scheduling hard I don't know. yeah and like at conventions I'm typically working and like there is no time to socialize <laughs> yeah yeah well your yeah your convention job is getting crazier um you run white squirrel which is yes. I'll, I'll let you explain it you'll do a better job <laughs> than me <laughs> um so it's a store management and fulfillment company for artists who want to have their own online store, basically sell the things that they would have at conventions or alternatively, if you have a Kickstarter or some sort of crowdfunding campaign and you don't want to handle the actual fulfillment yourself, um, those are sort of the two pillars of my business. And at conventions over the last year, um, you know, <laughs> this would have been year two, but, uh, the world is on fire. Oh man, uh, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I work with Jen Bartel and I basically am the one who makes sure that she is drinking water and that we're selling things and that people are happy and the line isn't too long, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how many people listening have been in the position of either being like an artist or a, a small business with like, things to sell and ship and not totally realizing like how much of an undertaking that is. Like your company is a lifesaver for yeah. everyone in that situation. It's such, I mean, honestly, it's like, yeah, because if you don't, I mean, you really do need a whole like ship station and not everyone yeah. has that. Well, like when I started doing this company, I um, had, left my previous job and was sort of like floating around figuring out what I wanted to do next. And I talked to Jen at New York comic con back in 2016 and she mentioned like people keep asking about having an online store, but she didn't have time to do that. And I figured I would take it on. And she's like, are you sure? Like that's a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, that'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it started like in the uh, the living room of the one bedroom apartment I was living in, just like working off of our coffee table. And I like yeah. very quickly realized that, that was not feasible. I needed a little bit more space. <laughs> yeah, because it really is like to be efficient, you know, you have all of your supplies and your printer and then you have all the merch of everyone yeah. whose stuff you're shipping. So like, yeah, <laughs> especially for all of the artists, because like, you know, if you are doing art, like you need your supplies, but a lot of it is digital too. So that can be pretty like compact. And then trying to set up a fulfillment center in like your apartment, yeah. which most of us live in is just <laughs> like, I think it's such a cool resource for people who have great art and like yeah. their fans want to buy it. And that's just like, not a thing they can do. Yeah. So. And like, being able to expand over the last three years has been super helpful because then I can reach out to more clients and they can experiment. And like, I have an artist that I work with who sells like mugs and tea and that kind of stuff. And like, you can't do that in, in like a guest bedroom alongside like a bunch of, yeah. And then like other people are doing prints and like, I've discovered that like, bakery racks are really good for storing prints and like so that's not something smart. you can do in your house like, yeah. <laughs> and you have to yeah. be able to be super careful like paper yeah. is terrifying to be in yeah. charge of because like yeah. you do one thing wrong and that's it so being yeah. able to just pass that job on to someone else who's like yeah. set up for it is so great and like two summers ago one of my clients Naomi Romero was like hey, I want to do a plush Kickstarter. Can you store, like, a couple hundred plushies? Oh, my like, gosh. Sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, there's, like, nine pallets worth of plushies <laughs> going in. <laughs> I'm really glad that I was in a warehouse at that point. <laughs> yeah. You really don't think about the space sometimes until you're doing yeah. it. Especially when people are like placing orders, they're like, oh, you know, like if I order 300 or whatever, like there's a price discount. So I'll do that. And then it's like, yeah, but you ordered 300. <laughs> yeah, totally. And especially for Kickstarters, I, I knew that was something you do, but I, did, I wasn't thinking about like, because if you want to do a Kickstarter, you know, it doesn't really make sense to like convert your workspace into like a Kickstarter reward yeah. storage area yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah a lot of people who do them like that's sort of a one-time thing or like they do a couple but it's not that's a much different shipping volume um and yeah. honestly that's just such a i think that's a one of the biggest struggles if you're not yeah. set up for it so like yeah i mean so like amazing definitely volume of product has been a problem. And then like the actual supplies, like yeah. the first time I ordered poster tubes, I was like, this is great. I got 200 poster tubes. And I was like, yeah, but you live in a one bedroom apartment. Where are you gonna put <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. Where yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like stuff that you don't think of until you're doing it. Yeah. And then yeah. it doesn't really, I mean, I think, buying in bulk, like you were saying, is one of the biggest yeah. like ways to save money, but not if you yeah. can't store those things. It's yeah. I'm so glad that your company exists <laughs> for all of the artists I know. <laughs> and even small businesses too. Like it's not just artists, but if you, you know, if your house just doesn't convert well to a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, that's where like a bunch of people have actually reached out to me. They're like, hey, 
I did a Kickstarter or I did a store and a pre-order and it turns out this is more popular than I thought. So like I could handle a hundred shipments, but I can't handle 200 shipments. Yeah. So I said, you do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I can do that for you. That's also so great to like, if anyone listening is thinking about doing that, it's great to have that backup plan where it's like, yeah. sure, try a Kickstarter. And like, you don't necessarily know how it's going to go. But if it does go super well, then you have the backup plan of like, okay, someone can fulfill these if you keep them online permanently. And uh, that's like a really nice thing to have that option, which is so cool. It's been working out pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) Do you, are most of your clients in like the nerdy space? Like, is it mostly comic and um, like geeky stuff or is it all over? Yeah, so it started with comic creators. Um, I think just working with Jen was really good, like sort of word of mouth and like brand building. Like she, she's always said really good things about me, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And then a bunch of other Artist Alley people started talking to me and it was all like prints and pins and some art books. And then I started hearing from more apparel makers and like plush Kickstarters. And then the tea company I work with, which is called Riddle Tea Shop, which is like fandom tea oh, blends, which I is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, recently I started working with another artist whose name is Megan Wirewedden, I think. It's a, the Creeping Moon on Etsy. And her stuff is like tarot decks and like altar cloths and cool yeah. stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I never would have found you. Thanks for finding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet your warehouse is so fun to just like all of those things in one place. That's so cool. Yeah. I have friends who come over and they're like, hey, can I do some Christmas shopping? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you have like a mini convention. That's so great. Yeah. So awesome. Did you, I actually don't know this about you. Were you like always into comics and conventions and stuff growing up or is this sort of like a new thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always read comics um, since I was a kid, and I started going to conventions when I was 14. Um, oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like 20, 20 years of conventions, which yeah. is a lot. Um, but yeah, it never really occurred to me to sort of cross the, the table, as it were, until um, about... 10, 12 years ago, I started making friends with some of the comic artists that I knew when I was living in Toronto and like, um, getting food for them, getting drinks for them, like sitting at their table while they had a panel. And that sort of introduced me to like what it was like to be on the other side of the artist alley table and like how stressful that was and sort of just have been circling around this for a while and then just took the leap a couple of years ago. That's so great. And I think that's like, I imagine that's, a huge part of like why this business venture is so successful because you were like hanging out in the space for so long that you knew what people needed. Like, I feel like that's such a huge advantage to it's, it's a lot harder to try to jump into a world, you know, nothing about (laughs) It's a lot better (laughs) when you've been around for a while and you have friends and you can get feedback and you know what is needed. That's so great there are definitely people who are like, Hey, like I can vouch for this person. Like, like Andrea is not in your space because she wants to like be best friends with you and take advantage of this relationship or whatever. Like she's a legit person <laughs> who's professional. Um, yeah. And they're not like just trying to get, <laughs> get in with like really cool artists. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, I also worked for Emerald city comic con for, uh, I think three or four years. 
and then um, helped uh, run VanCAC for two years. So I feel like coming into this business from the side of like an actual convention organizer, it sort of proves like helps me feel more legitimate. Like I'm not just like someone who doesn't know how to run a business and is going to like run away with your products and steal your ideas. Yeah. So, I didn't yeah, realize like you worked with those shows. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. I was in charge of social media and like the website stuff for Emerald city for a couple of years. And that was, it was really great. That's like my dream job. That's so awesome. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like when I was working there, it's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. How do you get this job? Like, um, people would ask me like on our Tumblr, like, how do I work for this convention? And I was like, well, uh, you've got to randomly meet the people who organize it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then be gotta, nice to them when you do. I'll yeah. go far. <laughs> uh, and then start dating one of them. And there eventually you, you need a job and they have a position filled. And there you go. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a very different conventions are magical and, and and they just are, but it's very, very different once you start, like even just being a vendor, even, you know, yeah. working an artist table, it's so strange seeing the other side of it. Like just being there on setup day and you see, you know, the giant Funko pops that are there, but they're like in pieces or you yeah. see, you know, <laughs> the huge setups getting set up and then being taken down. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't like affect the magic at all, but it's like, Oh, this is just real people. And this is yeah. like how this works. Yeah. When I was, um, after I left Emerald city, I worked, uh, as the director of VanCAF in Vancouver for two years. And with that one, it was like Emerald city took like three days to set up like and yeah. thousands of people and VanCAF took three hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> is that it was one like, that's like comics based? Yeah, so it's like a comic okay. art festival, and it's in like a community center that's like this old train roundhouse in Vancouver. It's really Whoa. gorgeous, but it's like okay, this is a community center. You guys get access to the space at nine p.m. on Friday. You have oh two God. hours. It's like okay, how many tables and chairs can we set up in two hours? Wow, yeah, yeah. that's super different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a different challenge for sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, too, that there are so many. I mean, I guess that's also like kind of how your clients are, too. Like some like there are huge conventions and then there are like smaller conventions. And that's really cool that you work with people at all scales, too. Like, I mean, I think John yeah. Martell is one of like she's one of the people I think of when I think of like comic book artists. Um, sure. But, you know, you can work with people who are doing their first Kickstarter, too, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And I've had people reach out before and they're like, you know, can you let me know what standards you have or what, what limits are in place? So like, hopefully one day I can reach the level of working with you. And I'm like, first of all, that's really flattering. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Second of all, like, no, I don't have like a minimum sales amount. Like I'm in this particularly to help artists and I'm not going to like decide that because you only have like five products or one product versus 20 that like, you're not worth my time. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's so great too. Cause I've been not like, it hasn't been like human people, but like businesses I've, I've worked with different shipping services over the past. And there usually are like, it's like, if you're not selling at least, I don't know, 3000 individual orders a month, like, yeah, it's either way more expensive or like your rate is higher or whatever thing. Yeah. So that's really 
cool of you yeah. because not many <laughs> work that way. Well, I feel like a lot of like fulfillment companies aren't coming at it from the perspective of like the individual person, the client they're working yeah. with, like versus coming at this from the artist alley perspective. It's like, okay, understand that people are going to have particular sales spikes. Like March is going to be really big because that's when the convention season starts. And then October is going to be really big for like the holiday season. Like I can't expect anyone to be selling the same number of prints every month year round. Cause that's just like not how this industry works. And yeah, like, not how retail works. Yeah. And like getting upset or telling someone that I can't work with them because like some sort of arbitrary number doesn't work. It's like, Nah, like I'm not coming at it from that angle. And I think that there's a couple other businesses that are similar to what I do. And we're all from the perspective of like helping artists first and not like elevating costs where we don't have to. Yeah. And that's, I think, I think that's just such a cool thing because there in a lot of ways there is such a barrier. So like, how are you ever going to be able to get to the point where you are selling more if you can't, yeah fulfill the first bit like I think that's such a that's such a great way to do it especially because when you're when you're either just getting started or branching into a new thing like I feel like I've talked to a handful of artists who have had like just some other career before and they want to try this out later which is so cool like you have no idea how it's gonna go and you want to be able to take the chance because if you can't (laughs) then you'll never know Um, and it's hard to find ways to do that. So that's such a cool thing. Yeah. And like some people are like, you know, Hey, I want to make a coloring book because I think that would be really cool, but it's really scary to do book printing and especially when you've never done it before. So I'm going to do a Kickstarter, but I don't know how to do any of the other fulfillment stuff and they'll reach out to me and it's like, okay, you handle the actual product. And you be creative and make the thing and then I'll handle the rest of it. And then at the end of it, we'll exchange money. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, as someone who, cause I started my, I started Jordan and Danae like nine years ago. So wow. there was, yeah, it's crazy. 2011. It was just an Etsy shop and it was all like stuff I was sewing by hand. It was crazy. Cool. Yeah, it was cool. But at that time, I mean, none of the resources that exist now did like, I was trying to figure out like there was some stuff online, but there was no like nerdy spaces. There were no help the way that there is now. And so just the amount of money I would have saved, not making all of those mistakes myself, like just having a person who's been through it before who can things that I'm positive, you know, that are just like, I can help you gauge like how much of this to do or like, you know, you know, the most popular sizes from other clients, like you are such a resource in an yeah, incredible way. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's important for me to share that information because, like, when I started this, I talked to my brother-in-law who had, like, an eBay business at the time. And I was like, okay, you sell things on eBay. How do you – where do the labels come from? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, That's like, a valid question. No one knows Like, okay, how, what kind of printer are you using? And, like – he shared those resources with me. And then I talked to some other friends who I knew that already had online stores. And I was like, Hey, like, uh, Dane and Ashley from monkey minion. I was like, so oh, you guys have yeah. a store. 
Yeah. And what, what software do you use? Like, how do I get the orders from the store to in front of me? to yeah. end packages. And they're like, okay, well, this is the software we use. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. I'm going to use that software. It's a shipping easy. And I tried a bunch of other ones. I'm like, okay, thanks. Like, you guys helped me figure this out. And now I'm going to tell other people too so that, like, they don't have to suffer through, like, signing up with, like, a payment provider that takes, like, a really high percentage fee or, like, they're paying too much for postage, that kind of thing. It's like, why not share these resources? Because, like, that's what people shared with me. And it's so valuable. Like, I think that's, I think that's something that tends to be one of the last things you think of. Like if you're thinking about starting a business or thinking about selling uh, like some version of your, your talents or what you create, you're thinking about all of the other things first. Like, can I actually do it? Are people going to like it? What platforms? And then you get to the part where you're like, oh my God, I haven't even touched (laughs) fulfillment yet. And so just being able to take that off of people's plates is so great. It's huge. And you can waste a lot of money. Like it is very easy. (laughs) (laughs) Super easy. Like I, I mean, just so many times. So many things. I spent years like printing out my labels on eight and a half by 11s and cutting them out. And then I was like, Oh, label printer is like not nearly as expensive as I thought and would save me so many hours. What am I doing? I was talking like I use a, a Dymo printer and I was talking to a friend who also has an eBay business. He sells like he'll buy your comic collection and then like sell them individually. So he does like a really high volume. And he was telling me, he's like, you know, you can just get like a UPS printer. Yeah. I was like, a what? <laughs> yeah. You can just buy UPS equipment. And he's like, yeah, didn't you know that? I was like, no, dude, no one knows that. <laughs> And you wouldn't know that unless you like talk to other people who do it. And I think yeah. that's such a great, yeah, that's such a great thing. Cause like there's just, there are only so many hours in the day and creators are already trying to figure yeah. out so much. <laughs> so Yeah. And if you can reduce, like if you can make yourself more efficient, you're less likely to get overwhelmed by like the idea of the project or like the volume of what you have to do. Yeah. I think that's something it's so hard because when you're, when you're first starting anything, you kind of, you feel like you need to know about all the steps and you kind of do like it is smart too, but the minute you realize like someone else can just be an expert in that instead and help you, (laughs) it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And like, you don't even like, even if you have an idea of what you want to do and how you want to do it, there's stuff you don't know, you don't know, you know, like, (laughs) like, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to get these keychains made and they're going to be in China, which means they're going to be cheaper. Okay, great. So here's my budget. And then, Oh, you get slapped with a customs fee. Mm -hmm. Oh crap. I didn't know that was a thing I had to be worried about. (laughs) Yeah. Oh Yeah. And so many things, like even just kind of when you work in shipping a lot, you just sort of understand the, not like tricks, but you kind of understand how different shipping services work. So like I get emails relatively often of people being like, my tracking says it was delivered today and it's not here. And it's like, you know, once you do it enough, you're like, give it 48 hours. Cause sometimes yeah. it just updates early, but until you know that you're like, Oh great. Every package is lost. And it's like, just kind of having that. Oh. Uh, 
Understanding (laughs) is great. I have a client that I'm working with now and um, they're like, Hey, like we have a customer who says that their package shipped in March and hasn't shown up. I'm like, okay, where do they live? They live in Germany. Okay. Yeah. So probably <laughs> it's That's like in quarantine somewhere. Like yeah. Yeah, the tracking, the tracking hasn't updated. That's just sometimes what happens. Like I've had packages, like there was one last year that was supposed to go to Brazil from Seattle and it got lost in South Korea for a week. Oh my gosh. But eventually it got to Brazil, but I was like, I, I can't, how did this happen? And okay, just, you can't control this. This is something that just happened. <laughs> like, yeah. don't, get up, don't get upset about like things you can't control, like the entire world of posting. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's nice to kind of know what's expected. Like, yeah, yeah like sometimes depending on your, your service, sometimes tracking like literally doesn't update from the minute it leaves the U S until it's delivered. So knowing that saves you so much stress, which is something that takes a lot of time to learn. And I've talked to like postal employees and some are super helpful and some are not. And (laughs) and the ones who, ones who are like, Oh yeah. Did you know that like every time your box goes anywhere, like we do a GPS scan. And I was like, no, (laughs) I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. So it's like, Oh yeah. So it says your package was delivered, but it looks like they actually went to 24th street instead of 26 based on the GPS. So like, you'll probably get it tomorrow. I was like, what? (laughs) Like they have these systems in place that we just regular people don't know about, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, there's, like, only so much that, again, I cannot stress enough. If you want to, like, if you just want to draw and you want to do that and be awesome at it, it is so much extra work to learn all of these things. And it's so great (laughs) to have a company that you can work with to do it instead. It's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, and especially, I mean, like, this is, I don't know, this is one of my favorite things about working with, working with people who are just like cool people, like it's cool to be your client, you know, cause then they just get to hang out with you. And then like, you know, <laughs> other, like so many things about the industry and stuff. So like, if you just kind of want an end to like how this kind of thing works and have someone yeah. like looking out for you and like noticing things or like, I'm sure you have all of the huge convention like deadlines on your radar or even knowing that March and October tend to be higher volume. Like you can pass that on to be like, you're going to want to be stocked up for this. Um, Yeah. Yeah, There's like, there's definitely some sort of information that I do share. Like, Oh, Hey, like if you're going to this event, we should probably ship it this time. Cause like, that's how receiving works at this show. Yeah. you know, New York Comic Con, like you're don't ship to the Javits if you're in Artist Valley, like ship to your hotel. Yep. Just like li- little, <laughs> things, like little, yeah, yeah. little info like that. And then there's definitely been other times when it's like, hey, can you, can you tell me like what printer this other client uses? And I was like, let me ask them. Yeah. <laughs> are, they, are they okay with this sharing that info? Okay, they are. Cool. Yeah. I can tell you which printer they use and like which. St- and oh, my phone's just ringing. <laughs> oh that's weird it's gone um okay yeah just like sharing some info but not like breaking privilege you know yeah I think that's I think like that's great that like you've been doing this so long and you're like established 
as like being great at this and being a professional and having so many clients. Like I, I cannot like I've been doing my own fulfillment just because I have it all here, but I know so many people who work with you and everyone is so happy. And I could not more highly recommend like the number of people I've talked to who are like, I just can't do this. Like I'm fulfilling a friend's Kickstarter right now because that's just the way it worked. Cause I have space for it. And I was like, cool. Yeah. If I wasn't here, you would need something else. Like it's so great to have a resource like that. Well, it's the same, like, I try to value my clients the same way they value me. And like, I, I'm not the one who's coming up with ideas. Like (laughs) if you make a cool shirt or like you've decided you want to make sunglasses, like one of my clients right now is working on a sunglasses. Like, and I'm like, that's rad. That's so (laughs) cool. Yeah. Like that's, I would never do that. I do not have that confidence. (laughs) And that's like the kind of relationship you want with someone you work with, that it is like both sides appreciate each other. That's so wonderful. Very complimentary. Like I like whenever creativity strikes, like let me know and I'll sell your thing, but but you do your thing. (laughs) Don't don't worry about taxes and postage and I'll worry about those. That's so awesome. If I, I hope at least a couple of people listening are like, yes, that is exactly what I need. <laughs> people get in touch with you to like get more info and, and see like what the details are of working with you and all that good stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. What are, what's the best way to like get in touch with you if someone is listening and they're like, I need to talk to Andrea. Yeah. Um, so my company's website is white squirrel store.com. Um, and squirrel is spelled S Q U I R R E L. Um, and and there's a contact form on the store. That's basically like, this is how to get in touch. And then, um, just like take a look at the other projects I'm doing so that like, you have an idea what's like available. That's so awesome. I'm so excited to like share this with everyone. Thank you so much for taking time today. I'm so glad we could finally do it and catch up for more than like two seconds on the convention floor running around. Yeah, like no, no problem at all. I'm really glad we got to do this. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can head to our archives to hear more or hit subscribe to hear what's coming up next. If you want to go a step above and beyond, you can leave us a review on iTunes, which helps other nerdy people find us, or you can go to patreon.com slash sartorialgeek to help keep the podcast going and check out the cool rewards that we have over there. Have a great week and stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.